Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Good evening, Sean. How's uh, that crisp autumn air treating you? I love it. It's the best time of year. Warmish days, cool nights. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's pretty great, right? Uh, you get the, the little chill, you know, you, you want to put on a hoodie. Yeah. Did we already talk about this last week? Am I just we did we did talk about hoodies last week? Your purchase <laughs> of a new Game of Stones hoodie. Yeah, looking forward to uh, throwing that on. Yeah, coziest uh, hoodie I've ever worn is, is or the two they combined. They're they're one A and one B, and my all time coziest hoodie rankings are the two Game of Stones hoodies that I have purchased from Excellent. our merch store. Excellent, but uh, we're not here to just you know talk about hoodies all day long. <laughs> We are, are we not. Yes, yeah. with the return of the curling season, we will see a renewed activity of the top teams on social media. And we have lamented since really the start of the show that there are some teams that aren't particularly good at it. That when teams just post, hey, our sponsors are great, and oh, hey, here's the result of our game today, and that's all there is on social media from them it's not really engaging it's not a lot of fun necessarily to follow all the time and we've hoped that teams would be more creative on what they're doing so we wanted to reach out to one of the people who's responsible for one of i think scott the best social media accounts that exist in curling and that is the team botcher account which we for a very long time gave all the credit to darren Bolting for <laughs> We did, Sean. We gave it all to all the credit to Darren, and it turns out we were wrong. Yeah, we were very, very wrong. Instead, the account is run by Nevin DeMiliano. He is a social media manager and strategist. He also plays a little out in Alberta. And Scott, just for you, because uh, this will be of great interest to you, he's a storm tracer. He's a, a weather junkie. Storm chaser, eh? Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, interested to talk to this guy then. Yeah. So he wrote a post last spring towards the end of the season talking about all of the things that he had done with the Team Botcher account and how he had tried to make efforts to engage with fans in a more meaningful way on social media and some of the strategies that other teams can use to really improve the social media experience, improve engagement, which is good not only from just an entertainment standpoint for fans, but also for sponsors as teams continue to need sponsors, look for sponsors. If you're engaging meaningfully in social media and can build your audience that way, that just helps you get more sponsorship. So it's it's a business case towards doing it, but also just a fun engagement way. So we, we very much wanted to reach out and talk to Nevin, not just because of what he's done with Botcher, but you know, you'll notice that I asked, you know, what's wrong with our account and <laughs> what do we need to do? Because uh, I'm not very good at social media. So uh, whatever, th- you know, people like us, too, we, we always want to improve in this way. So uh, Nevin was nice enough to give us some time this afternoon. Scott, unfortunately, you could not be there. So uh, I had to run this one solo, but very excited to get your thoughts after we listen to my chat with Nevin Demiliano. 
All right. And Nevin Demiliano joins me now from Edmonton. Nevin, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well. I really appreciate you joining me to uh, talk a little bit about curling social media and uh, and how we can all get better at it. So just be- before we get into some of the specifics of what you've done, how did you get involved in curling social media? What drew you to it? I know you have some background in marketing and, and social media stuff, but why specifically did you want to start working in the, the curling space in terms of social media? Uh, you know, I think it came from a place of like, uh, I really admired the way like Brad Jacobs kind of, uh, and their team kind of, uh, really harnessed the power of social media during their like Briar and then Olympic run. Uh, and I think that that always just kind of stood out to me as like, you know, they had some cool conversations and they were really open to talking to people. And, uh, so when, uh, the opportunity came to run team botchers, I definitely said, yes, I can help out. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Scott and I mentioned in the intro that we, for about a year, gave all the credit for that account to Darren Molding because we didn't know who was running it. And uh, so we just credited Darren Molding with it. Uh, but it was you uh, the whole time. So how did you how did you hook up with those guys? Uh, obviously, you're you're in the area. Do you just know them from from around or, or what was that process like? Yeah, uh, definitely. I curled actually a year of juniors with Brendan. Um, and then, uh, actually my brother-in-law is Brad on the team. So Hmm. yeah, really connected with the team that way. And so it just kind of worked out that way. I know, I know the whole team pretty well and I kind of get their vibe, which I think is important. So yeah, no, no question. Uh, certainly there, there's a, a, it it really stands out that account to compared to the other accounts. So how much of what you do with the account was driven by you and ideas that you had and how much comes from the team themselves. Like, did they give you a vision of what they wanted with the account? I think uh, at the highest level, definitely. And I think that that's important for any team is to really kind of say like, Hey, this is kind of like the vibe we're going for. Or like, we really want to like show the fans what it's like behind the scenes or, or something like that. And then, um, but other than that, like socials, uh, I mean, you can really do anything. And and I think the more important thing is just knowing when to maybe drop one tactic and, and move to another or um, just try a bunch of different things and figure out what works and then just keep doing that, double down on that. Well, th- that's interesting. So have you found that like for different spaces, like say the botcher team, what might work for them might not work somewhere else? Like, is it really specific to the the the, the account that you're representing when you're creating things? I think that that is such a good question to ask when you're going and, and trying to figure out what your team social or or any brand really um, is, is to try to look at that, at what everyone else is doing and, and see where the gaps are and also kind of focus on what your team does. I mean, like Brendan's team, um, they'd been uh, kind of in the area of making the big jump to the big leagues and everyone kind of said, oh, they're up and coming, up and coming. And I kind of just like leveraged that. It was like, well... Now they're not up and coming, but it's still kind of fun to be like, you know what? We're okay with second place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, that like there has been some good stuff on that account about the, the losses in the finals and making light of that. Uh, that has been a, a nice element to it. But also the interactions with the fans that you see and the responses that you have. So what is your approach on that? Because last week we talked with Kirk Myers about some of the negative responses you can get from fans, particularly in a sport like curling, where I think a lot of fans feel as though they know the players just from hearing them on the mics. And as we talked about last week, that's not always the case. What you get out there isn't necessarily a full representation 
of a person. So how do you manage that part of it and what to respond to, what not to respond to and trying to eliminate or at least uh, not not give voice uh, to the trolls that are out there? Yeah. And, and it's a hard thing for any uh, team member. If a team member is running it, I think part of the reason that I wanted to come in is like I wanted to be kind of disconnect the team from from that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, other than that, like of other brand accounts I've run and managed, like Team Botcher's fans are fantastic. And <laughs> most curling fans in general are really good. Like at least from what I've seen, everyone's like very positive. And um, I think there's a difference between, because I think we're all like sports fans. So at a certain time, it, it can be a little like, you know, you're really upset your team didn't win. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. And I think that that's okay. And I'll allow that kind of stuff. Uh, but when it turns into like the stuff that uh, is like hateful or anything like that, it's like uh, I'll, I'll give no time a day for, for that. Or if I do, it'll be something very cleverly witty uh, kind of conjured up to kind of evoke a reaction from the rest of the fans who are all mostly positive. So, uh, yeah, but it, it's hard. It, it's, it can still take you down, um, especially if, if you never know what's going to get to you online. So. so it's curious for me to think too. say, say within the last. 10 months, I guess, if we will take it back to the bubble and the experience in the bubble that I would say for the, the briar, I would imagine it was largely positive. And then around the middle of the week during the worlds, after a couple of tough losses, I would imagine that the tone kind of changed in what you were seeing on there. And, and I, I hope that the team was spared from all that and that you were just running it all. But it, it, do you notice that there are ebbs and flows in what comes in based off of how the team is actually performing on the ice? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think any sports team, you'd, you'd kind of notice that. Um, so I, I think the, the nice thing is, is I don't go searching for it. So right. uh, most of the time those fans are not going to tag our account. <laughs> and if they do like game on really like, sure. But, um, but yeah, for the most part, people were so nice and so supportive. Um, they were grateful that we, uh, that the team was able to kind of qualify for the Olympics and uh, understood that like the bubble is is new for everybody and it's not easy no uh no i can't imagine how especially uh brendan and darren not leaving during the mixed doubles event uh that they were just there the whole time uh, certainly a, a huge challenge for them and darren was hurt on top of that just to, just to make it even harder um so during that time though during that world championship uh one of the cool things that came out of that, I think it was during the World Championship, maybe it was during the Briar, but the socks uh, became a thing, uh, Brandon's socks. Uh, so at what point do you, as the person running the social media, really lean into that? And at what point do you, or do you even have to tell the team that, hey, this is becoming a thing? Yeah, I think the nice part was, is they recognized how kind of nice and special that was from from Barbara and that they wanted to share that story. And so they sent it to me right away and uh, I was able to get it out there. And, and it was, it was such a fun, like curling story that was like unprompted. Um, and, and it just really, to me, that's the stuff that shines over all the little times that people will send you something negative. Like that's the stuff that's going to shine uh, for so long. And people still talk about that. So I think it's, it's really cool. And the team doesn't need socks for another three seasons. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's something that like, it was one of those things that I didn't notice until it was pointed out to me that like, but when he was playing before, yeah, you could see like three inches of ankle, but like that until somebody pointed it out, 
I never would have noticed that. So it was cool that, that, that Barbara did that. So, you know, at what point then do you, as the, the one running the social media, uh, not only lean into the idea of the socks, but try to really promote that as another way? Because that, that struck me as a, maybe a shift in the account away from like the up and comeredness. And now we're the train and the socks. Like, how does that help guide you in what you're doing? And, and I think that that's the, the key thing is like the fans and the audience kind of controlled where that went. And that was just uh, me picking up on something and running with it. And like the train was the same way. It's like, let's see if this works. No one else is doing this. Let's see if this works. And you know what? People loved it. And I loved it. Um, the fans loved it. What more can you ask for it? And I think uh, just being really conscious and listening uh, to what's going on in those conversations that are happening online, like they're real conversations, especially in a year when we've been kind of having only online conversations, like uh, there's, those are real people and people that want to reach out to you and meet you. And maybe they'll never get to meet you. And this is their way of kind of touching base with you or your team. And that's something to be kind of like, that's something special. So uh, it was important for me as like the team manager to, to acknowledge those people and, and really make it uh, a little bit special for them, you know? Now, another thing that, that you did with the account that was always very funny is when you would post the photos, uh, the behind the scenes photos of the curling calendar shoot that they did. And certainly the voice that went behind that was that Brendan Botcher didn't want any of these photos out. Uh, so, you know, how, how much of that was based on reality and how much of that is you making a joke uh, about his feelings about these these images? I, I think... Um... I think depending on who you ask on the team, uh, they were either very in favor of it or kind of like giving the side eye. So uh, that kind of stuff I know, like, is, uh, like if, if I'm already finding that like the team's kind of like, eh, I'm like, you know what? People are going to love it even more. Obviously, I have to know my guardrails, but like um, being able to have fun like that is 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 important to, to what Team Botcher wants to kind of put out there because... Uh, like you said, the cameras are not always on. The mics aren't always on. And off the ice, they are really fun to be around and uh, and very clever and, and very witty. And I want to portray that. And I feel like that's just another way to do it. So how, how would you say, I mean, I, this is obviously something that you are into as sort of professionally more so than just what, what you're doing with Team Botcher. So can you give a sense, and you don't have to necessarily give specific numbers uh, if that's proprietary and all that, but since you started with the account, is there a, a tangible way that you can measure the growth, whether that's not just follower numbers, but, you know, in terms of how that helps them with sponsors and, and, and that type of engagement, like, is, how do you measure the success of that? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, yeah. It's not easy. So any team that's out there trying to navigate it, like don't feel like there's a rule book or anything like that. There really isn't. For us, it was important, like I said, to put fans first and to really focus on like engaging with them, having conversations with them, uh, because that like to me creates the strongest relationship between the team and curling fans in general, not just the team's fans. Uh, so that's what we really wanted to, to be with with Team Botcher. And that's what they are kind of on the ice, too. But you don't always get to see it. And um, for any team that's looking to like really kind of show those metrics and things like that, uh, my advice is like pick the ones that you want to care about the most and focus on those because you can't do everything. So um, for me, like curling fans, especially in this last year when everything's online, they're so good at going on like Twitter or 
or I've seen it a little bit on Facebook too. And, and maybe we're going to see it more on TikTok, hopefully. And, uh, and you see like that the fans are going to these places to get like behind the scenes stuff or to, to be able to chime in in the conversation as the game's on. And if you can capture that, like, yeah. I think that's what the sponsors should really want. Like you're connecting with not just your fan base that already like you, but like curling fans in general or Canadians in general or North Americans in general or like curling fans anywhere. And I think that that's really cool. And if you're able to kind of find a metric that, that kind of showcases that um, for your team or brand account or whatever, I think uh, you focus on creating kind of tactics or strategies to, to kind of get you there. And for us, it was like responding to people, having conversations, uh, putting questions out there. It's as simple as that. It, it really, um, it, we wanted to have that two-way conversation. We didn't want it to just be like a sounding board. It kind of leads to the question too about, say, especially in-game, right? And you see it uh, at Briar Scotty's. You see on the media bench who teams have asked to run their accounts uh, during the game. And, and uh, so obviously that takes a level of investment that you know a typical junior or, or young team and even some of the more established teams, they might not be able to do that. So is it something that, because we've talked about on the show, this polarization in the sport on the ice, that there's you know, a very small number of teams who can potentially win an Olympic trials or, or, or Briar or Scotties. Is, is this starting to filter into that side of it too, that the business of the sport might start to get out of reach? Uh, or is this something that investment-wise is a time investment that maybe you, anyone could do? Uh, and just the, the teams that have more resources have the opportunity to farm it out. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a good question. And it's a it's an interesting conversation to have. And I'm, I'm not sure I know exactly like right the, what the right formula is for all that. But I can tell you like uh, we've se- what we've seen with like just creative people online, like um, it really doesn't take like a, a paid team or a paid social media manager to, to get results. Uh, it takes like especially with, with curlers, it's it's they really want that authenticity and things like that. And, and uh, any player can get that. Any player can kind of create uh, some tactics to be able to achieve that. And I think that you can still get the same results and you don't need like a fancy logo or a bunch of branding um, because that doesn't really make it feel authentic. It makes you feel like, well, the team's not running it. So I'm not talking to the team. And, and that's nothing that, so if you manage it as part of the team and that's part of your duties, like, like, first of all, that's hard. So good job. And, and growth doesn't have to be the main like thing. You don't have to have 10,000 followers. Like when I took over team Botcher, it was 1000 and, and I don't even know. Sometimes I put a tweet out there. No one would even respond. So that's okay. Um, it's, it's just about like experimenting and seeing what works and having a little fun. And, and uh, I think curling fans are, are, are willing to, to kind of give you their support uh, no matter what, especially if you're trying something new. I think we've seen even big team accounts have, have tried new things and curling fans will respond. Yeah. Sort of like I alluded to, like teams that get out of here's our score from today and here's our thanks to our sponsor. And that's all they tweet out. Like what, getting away from that is, is great and having more things. And even if it doesn't work, as you say, like, so what, at least you tried something different, but you also mentioned the word authentic and it's interesting to me to think of authenticity in terms of an account when you're running it with the voice of those four guys as the, the, the guys who are playing. So how, how do you find a voice that is authentic when you're not 
them. You're not the one out there competing. What, what is that conversation like? And what is that challenge like? Yeah, that's, it's really hard. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Cause you can, you can see it from both sides. Cause I'm a curling fan too. And I want to know kind of who's posting on behalf of wh- whether it's a brand or, or whatever. Um, but um, I think the nice thing for me is, is I'm so closely connected with the team that like, like I said, I pass along a lot of these message and sentiments to them. And, and like, we talk about this stuff and, and we go, you know, like that was so good when we talked about that, like, or, or like if it's the trains thing, like, Oh, it's been so amazing that people can all feel a part of this because they just have to find a train gif. <laughs> like it's, it's, it, it really is just, um, uh, it's not like the brand, like one tweet I always, or one saying I always remember being told is, uh, brands don't tweet people do. And it's just so true. It's just, I'm the person behind the account, but I also feel like so connected with the team that um, it, it really, I do try to, to make it as authentic as possible. Obviously it would never be as authentic as like having Darren run the account. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, we, we do our best. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so what, what advice would you give to, to teams that are out there who want to uh, engage and, and work, work on social media to engage with fans like is there a core tenant to all of this uh something central like a real starting point that you know if if, again it's it's a lot of junior teams really too that are are really focused on building this up as they as they go through juniors and graduate into the men's and women's games what what is a great starting point maybe a couple core tenants that are central if you're looking to engage on social media yeah uh good question i mean i think for me anytime I go into any field or any industry or, or whatever and try to run a brand account. I, I ask the question is like, what is that highest level goal? Uh, and, and it can be anything really. It can be, you know what? We just want to update our families and our families follow these accounts. That's fine. You don't need like 10,000 followers. So if you know that goal and you can, uh, if you want to just do those score updates for your family, like maybe that's, that's exactly what you can use social for. But if you're trying to, um, like kind of do that influencer thing as in sponsorship is, is a part of that, then, then maybe you need a little bit different goals and then you can just kind of see what works, uh, experiment. I mean, honestly, like there's a ton of cool sports accounts doing amazing things out there. Try to take what they're doing and kind of do, well, how can we do a curling spin on that? Or how can mm-hmm. we, or I really liked this. Like, it doesn't matter who you follow, go to someone you really admire and say, you know, I really like the vibe of this and just try to emulate that for, for your team. And, and see what happens. And uh, as long as your goal goals align with, with kind of uh, those little tactics that you're going to do, if it's just like after game updates or, or showing your pregame routine or behind the scenes training or anything like that, um, as long as you know that that aligns with what you're trying to achieve overall, like just have fun with it and uh, see what works. And, and honestly, there's some cool conversations being had out there, even, even, in those junior kind of teams on, on social. So uh, it's cool to be a part of them. It's, it's cool to watch them. Um, and some of them are making that transition to like the men's and, and women's game. And that's, that's cool too. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. And, and I know like for us, like Scott and I, we, we talk sometimes about what we should be doing on social media. And again, to go back to like, we want to be authentic to what we would want to do. And, you know, when I think of some of the accounts that I follow, like I, I like looking at Mike Wilner, who's one of the Blue Jays reporters during games because he 
gets angry people and basically yells at the angry people. And I like, I like following that. I have no interest in actually doing that though. Right. So it's, 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 it's a struggle. And then you read things are like, Oh, just make sure there's photos or videos or like, and sometimes that works. Sometimes that doesn't work. And uh, so it, it's been a challenge for us certainly, but uh, it's, it's, inter- it's always interesting in the process. And, uh, and certainly in the curling side of it, and I, I imagine you have recognized this too, the ebbs and flows during the course of the season of when people are paying attention to the curling hashtag or the Twitter spiel hashtag, and when they're decidedly not uh, paying attention to those hashtags, there's a real ebb and flow there. So uh, it's interesting. And, and is that part of it too? Like off season stuff versus in season stuff versus in game stuff, like in between games, just really trying to manage that whole space as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is like two different seasons really. And um, I, th- I think we try to have, uh, we try to have a little fun no matter what kind of season it is for curling in or out. So, uh, and some of this stuff just, just comes and then, so it's like, you know what, I'm going to post that and see what happens. And sometimes it does nothing and sometimes it's good and, and it's, it's all good. It's, as long as you're creating content, I think you're, you're doing a good job and, um, whether or not it works, your audience will tell you that. <laughs> uh, well, Nevin, we really appreciate you joining us before I go. I'd be remiss because Scott is a meteorologist, uh, oh, cool. and, and you're into storm chasing. So how did you get into that? And what is the closest you've ever come to thinking that like the car you're in is going to flip over or like some sort of crazy near death experience? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I've always been kind of a weather nerd or a weather weenie. Uh, <laughs> since I can remember, I, I remember going to the, to the library and getting books about storms and things like that. And when I got my driver's license, I wanted to get closer to the action. So uh, I did uh, take some kind of schooling in that and then uh, learned about how to chase storms. And, and actually it's, kind of a lot like running a Twitter account in the way that you you prepare for it. It's like you try to see like the step back and then you come closer and closer and closer to find where that tornado is going to be. And it's the same thing with trying to find good content. It's like step back and you kind of go narrower and narrower and narrower. And uh, yeah, so I've just always been and uh, closest I've been, I think probably in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan gets some big storms and uh, I've only chased in Canada so far. I've been trying to get down to the States, but the pandemic got my way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in Saskatchewan, I've definitely been pretty close to a storm that, uh, was throwing some like baseball sized hail and, and probably had a tornado in there too. So yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Well, uh, well be safe while you're doing that. Uh, Always. You know, uh, <laughs> the, the images that come out of those things are crazy. So, uh, if people want to get more info on that, or if they want to follow you on the various social accounts, uh, what's the best way to do that? What's the best way to reach out? and get in touch if they have any questions maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, follow Team Botcher. And uh, if you want to see a little bit of the weather slash social media slash calm side of stuff that I put out there, uh, my handle on Twitter is at Swift Chaser. Awesome. So we encourage everybody to check it out. And we will link in the show notes too to the post that Nevin wrote about uh, the little behind the scenes of the Team Botcher account. So be sure to check that one out as well. So Nevin, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Sean. So there you have it. My chat with Nevin Demiliano Scott. What do you make of what he had to say there? And and just in general, what are your thoughts on where we are with social media and some of the high level curling teams? Uh, Interesting thoughts there from Nevin. It's, it's funny with the, like you said, the, the curling 
social media game is not great right now. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear from somebody who's, you know, trying to think of things a little bit differently, uh, engaging with the fans a little bit more, uh, while at the same time, uh, making sure the sponsors are getting their money's worth for their, their sponsorship. So, uh, interesting stuff. And yeah, we've got some tips now for us, Sean. Yeah, ways that we can get better on social media. Uh, as, as the person who does the majority of it, I'm not super good at it. So it's, it's good to listen to what he had to say and uh, some stuff that we can incorporate here. So do follow along on social media. We are at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Scott is at Scott Likes TV. I am at the Sean Graham and see if we get better at it. Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully we will. So that will do it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Do likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff. Helps other people find the show and keeps us growing. Do head on over to GameOfStonesPod.com. All of our past episodes are there. Plus the aforementioned merch under the merch tab. Scott is eagerly awaiting his hoodie. And you could be eagerly awaiting any of the items there. Uh, so just head on over to GameOfStonesPod.com. And of course, all proceeds are going to Food Banks Canada and the Sandra Schmirler Foundation, and we are matching those. So do check that out and keep looking as we are exploring potentially some new items on the merch store. And as always, do reach out. Let us know what you might want to see in the merch store or what you might want to hear on the show. Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com. Always love hearing from everybody out there. So that is it for this week. I know a lot of folks are getting ready to get back on the ice. Scott, are you in curling shape, ready to get out there? Well, Sean, you know, I just got back from the gym uh, doing doing some Russian twists, getting that core all ready to go, <laughs> some uh, squats. So hopefully I won't hurt myself the first time I, I go out on the ice. Hopefully that would be that would be swell as someone who plays on one of your teams. Uh, I wouldn't want that to yeah. happen. Yeah, that that wouldn't be that fun. No. Uh, so everyone who's getting back out there, happy curling, play well, be safe, and we will be back with you again next week. But until then. Keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.